You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. As you probably know, because I talk about it often enough, I've been doing this this thing of mine for over 27 years at this stage. Started on the 1st of February 1996. And I can't remember what the original workshop was actually called back in 1996, but I do remember that it soon became Exceptional Success. That's what it was actually called. Three-day workshop called Exceptional Success. And it was called Exceptional Success, kind of borrowed from Jerry Cushel, who I mentioned before, the guy who changed my life when I met him in the Swiss Alps in 1992. It was kind of borrowed from what he called uncommon success. Jerry was very understated, which is a good way to be. We don't want to be flashy. We don't want to be brazen. We want to let our presence speak for itself. Jerry certainly knew how to do that. But he called it uncommon success. I called it exceptional success. That's probably the marketing person in me because even though I was originally trained as a, an accountant and tax consultant, I spent the greater part of my life in the financial services industry in the marketing area. And marketing people are shiny object syndrome people. So that workshop was called Exceptional Success. Then it was called Excel Yourself. My website went from being Exceptional Success to Excel Yourself to Gurdy.net. Some of you are around long enough to remember Gurdy.net, which still exists, by the way. About 500 of the original 800 or so weekly videos and quick tips are on the Gurdy.net website. And then it became the psychology of success and the website that I have now. The interesting thing about shiny object syndrome in the marketing world is that I know from marketing, knocking around in that area for a large part of my life, that people don't hear your marketing message because people don't care about your marketing message because people don't care about anything generally speaking, and more particularly speaking, if they're using their minds normally, they don't care about themselves. If they did, they would do something about using their mind differently. The interesting thing is that your message has to be heard dozens of times. This is in business, and this is an aside, I know, but it's not unimportant. Your message has to be heard dozens of times by people who are in the right frame of mind to listen to the message at the moment in which they hear it. So you really need to stay on message for as long as you possibly can. And even though my website names might have changed over the years, even though the name of the program or workshop as it was, and which is now the online program, the psychology of success might've changed a couple of times over those 27 years, I've stayed on message. I'm basically saying the same thing that I've always said, that your life is in your hands. You need to handle it with care 
You need to do the necessary to ensure that you are capable in every now of doing the necessary effortlessly and no more. The first necessary is meditation. The second necessary is whatever needs to be done, wherever the feeling takes you, wherever the spirit moves you in each here and now, as a result of your being tuned in to your spirit, if you like, being tuned in to your gut instinct. We know all that good stuff. Now, whether we actually practice it or not, you can only answer that question for yourself. I know that probably for 97, 98% of the time, I'm in that zone, but I'm still only human. And the percentages are getting smaller and smaller in relation to the time that I'm not in that zone, but I still have to keep myself on my toes and I still have to ensure that I do the necessary. So I meditate every day. I meditate probably two or three times a day. It depends on what I have on. If I have a meditation group online on Zoom early in the morning, I would probably end up meditating perhaps five or six times during the course of the day because I will have to do my own meditation. Have to. I have to do it. And I will probably do it with Lisa a little later on in the morning and I might do it in the afternoon. And then if I have somebody on in the evening, I'll probably meditate before that as well. That's the necessary. And that ensures that you are in the right state of mind to excel yourself or to achieve, effortlessly achieve, exceptional success. Well, what is exceptional success? Or as my friend Jerry would have called it, uncommon success. Jerry's definition of uncommon success was doing what you love to do and getting well paid for it. Having loads of time to do all of the things that you would love to do in your life and to move forward effortlessly without hurting anybody else. Now, that was Jerry's definition of uncommon success. We now know through science, we, we know, for example, through biopsychology in relation to how our mood affects our DNA and how our DNA affects the mood of others around us, particularly those with whom we share DNA. We know from the perspective of neuroscience how our mood and state of mind affects the mood and state of mind of those around us at a fundamental level neurologically. We also know from the science of quantum physics how my energy affects your energy. But even back in the late 1990s, I had adjusted that definition that I gave you a couple of minutes ago. And my definition of exceptional success was, and still is, that I'm doing what I love doing. That I get well paid for it. The laborer deserves his wages after all. That I have loads of time to enable me do all of the things that I truly love doing. That I'm in flow all the time. And that as I move through life, my presence lifts those around me. In other words, through my presence, I have a positive impact on those around me. In other words, positive impact are actually a little wishy-washy, aren't they? When you consider the science that I mentioned a minute ago. My presence of mind impacts the state of mind of those with whom I am in contact. Now, that's an enormous statement, an enormous statement, because at a fundamental level, at the level of 
super strings of energy of which we are all made up. I am in contact with everybody. I am in contact with you listening to this. I was in contact with you when I recorded this because we are all in contact with each other at a subtle level all of the time because we know from the science of quantum physics the two parts of a split subatomic particle once joined are joined forever and we were all joined originally just around the time of the big bang some 14 and a half billion years ago the connection may be subtle but the science in relation to how my energy affects your energy non-locally is not so much breathtaking it is breathtaking but it is confirmed again and again and again through experiment over the last number of years effectively what i'm saying is Exceptional success, as I have defined it, means that everybody gets what their heart desires. And that's where I want to start this week's podcast episode. Yes, that was a long introduction, but a very important introduction. Because I said a couple of weeks ago that I would come back to how we moved to France. Now, if you're one of those people who from time to time say to me, we don't want to know about you. This is all about me, meaning the client or meaning the online program owner. If you're one of those people, uh, bear with me for a minute, will you? Because the experience that I've had over the last 30 or 40 years, the synchronous experiences that I've had even before I'd ever heard of synchronicity, have led me to a place where I am talking to you at this moment in time. And it's been a magical mystery tour. It's been a wonderful roller coaster ride, inevitably of ups and downs, because life isn't lived in the smooth lane. It's in the choppy lane. Life has its ups and downs and its challenges. But the fact of the matter is that the more you become clear and present in the here and now, the more you handle your presence of mind with that care that I mentioned earlier on, the more you will experience 97, 98% of the time every day, what might be described as a natural hire. In other words, your state of mind won't be jerked up or plummeted down by not so much outside events, but what you think of outside events, or more to the point, how you think whether you measure up to dealing with what you think of outside events. Mad stuff, as we've said many, many times before. So your life isn't a series of ups and downs, even though to the casual observer, everybody's life is a series of ups and downs. To the individual who is in flow, in charge of their own state of mind, handling themselves with care because they are, like you, the most important person in their lives. To people like that, they are flowing along at an incredibly high level of experience, gratitude and appreciation of the wonder of life moment to moment. And as I said, when you're in that state of mind, and when you are, to quote a client of mine in Buenos Aires, this, this lady is in charge of a slightly ramshackle, better not say that too loud, pharmaceutical plant uh, where the wheels fall off with great regularity. And she says her job is to spread the joy. It starts by spreading the calm, 
to ensure that everybody's in the right state of mind so that when the wheels do fly off something, they are effortlessly put back on rather than, as we see in most organisations, people trying to fix things on the go and making matters worse because they didn't stop. They didn't bring themselves to a clear place where they understood exactly just what needed to be done to the point that it was just done effortlessly. That's the second necessary that I mentioned earlier on, if you cast your mind back to the start of this episode. But but the key point I want to make is that when we are in flow, when I am fully present, my presence or the rising tide of my presence lifts all boats. Everybody around you, when you are present, will find you attractive in all kinds of different ways. They will want to be in your presence. Your presence, without them fully being able to put their finger on what they're feeling, will rub off on them. The rising tide of presence, or the rising tide of one's presence, raises all boats. And as I said earlier on, using my definition of exceptional success, everybody's a winner. Everybody gets what their heart desires. <laughs> I've gone around the houses a little bit, haven't I? If you're not one of those people who say, oh, we don't want to hear about you. If you want to perhaps learn or gain some insight from how this whole thing works, bear with me a couple of minutes whilst I go back again and revisit an aspect of how we moved to France that I haven't covered before. So I suppose I'm not revisiting it, if I correct myself. As I said a couple of weeks ago, I walked out of a Parisian hotel one morning in the late 1970s and kind of just felt at home. I knew that I was meant to live in the country that I now live in. Over the years, I had had a number of other experiences, which I won't go into. They're, my life has been, as I said earlier on, sprinkled with synchronicities, where that feeling was enhanced and confirmed. Then, of course, I, through searching for somebody to inform me as to what was wrong with the people with whom I was working in ACC Bank in the early 1990s, and as I've explained before, I met this guy, Jerry Cushel, I've mentioned him a couple of minutes ago, who explained to me that there's something wrong with everybody when we're using our minds normally. That was a turning point in my life. And I met him an hour and a quarter from where I'm sitting now in the French Alps. That was a synchronous event as well. So over the years, we had been, like many Irish people, motoring in France for our holidays. In fact, we motored through France for four weeks for our honeymoon in 1988. And when the kids were old enough, we started returning to motoring in France. And after I had met Jerry Cushel in the Swiss Alps, I decided that rather than take the normal routes that the normal Irish tourist will take down through Brittany and Normandy and the west coast of France or off down to the Côte d'Azur, we would come up into the Alps. I wanted to show Lisa, primarily, the part of the world that had impressed me so. 
Now, of course, it wasn't the part of the world that impressed me, although sitting here looking at Mont Blanc, well, trying to look at Mont Blanc under a cap of cloud at the moment. Yes, this part of the world is visually impressive and naturally stunning. But what impressed me most was what I learned in this part of the world. So we drove up on that motoring holiday from Beaujolais, a little place I've mentioned before, actually, Chateau de Pise. It was our first time to visit it back in 1996 or 97, not sure which. It's a place that I've mentioned a number of times since. I'm not digressing because this is synchronous as well. We've been to Chateau de Pise ourselves a number of times since, just the two of us since we moved to France. It's a beautiful place set in Beaujolais vineyards. And every time we have gone to Chateau de Pise for a couple of days, business has flowed because we weren't looking for it. As I said in last week's video we need to allow ourselves stumble now if you haven't seen that go back and look at last week's video it was the video of the 30th of march thursday the 30th of march my weekly thursday video so we drove up from beaujolais country late in the evening it was dark by the time we got to a little town called Comblou, and we checked into our hotel had something to eat went to bed closed the shutters as one does in this part of the world. And the following morning opened the shutters up. It was Lisa who threw the shutters open and said, oh my God, I didn't realize that places like this existed. She was blown away by the scenery in front of her. Now she was actually looking at Mont Blanc. I'm not even sure that we were aware of that at the time. And if you've ever been to Comblou or Mugev in this part of the world, you will know exactly what I'm saying when you get a full in your face view of Mont Blanc, the whole chain of Mont Blanc uh, from that particular vantage point. So we went about our business or the business of enjoying ourselves on holidays for a couple of days. And then, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we were sheltering from a thunderstorm in Chamonix Mont Blanc, the last day we were due to be here before we moved on to Evian. And the rain, you, you couldn't put your head outside in the rain. So we were sheltering under the awning of a little shop that sold touristy stuff, trinkets and property. And we drove up as a result of a brief conversation I had in that shop. We drove up to see a small holiday apartment in a place called Le Contemis Montchois about an hour later that Sunday afternoon. And an hour after we had seen it, I rang the estate agent and told her we would buy it. I mentioned that to you before. What I did mention to you at that time as well was that I had to be almost pushed into it by my wife because Lisa had said to me, go and buy that. And I said, look, I've only been working for myself for a year or so. We don't have the kind of money to be able to make that kind of purchase. And she said, you tell people that if you do the right thing, money flows. Do you not believe it? So I rang the estate agent and, and bought the apartment. I put down the phone and I said to her, I have no idea where the money is coming from. And she said, well, that doesn't matter. Sure, it doesn't. Let it flow. We went back to our hotel that evening. And on the way back to our hotel, we got a phone call in the car from my brother back in Ireland. This is the part I haven't told you. And this is why I started this episode by talking about my definition of exceptional success and how everybody is a winner when we're in flow. 
We drove back to our hotel that evening. My brother rang me in the car and he said, look, I know you're on holidays. I know you're only in the middle of your holidays. Don't want to alarm you. Our dad is in hospital and he's not very well. He said, but don't come home. I'll keep you in touch. And I put down the phone and I said to Lisa, dad's in hospital. She said, oh, yeah. She said, I forgot to mention something to you before we left on holidays. She said, I bumped into him up in Rathfarnham outside the Yellow House, a well-known watering hole in South County Dublin. She said, I bumped into him outside the Yellow House um, one Sunday lunchtime, just before we came on holidays. And he took me aside and he said, I want to tell you something. He said, I don't want you to tell Willie. I don't want you to tell anybody else, but I'm telling you. He said, I've decided to check out. She said, what do you mean? He said, well, my wife died a year and a half ago. He said, and I've had enough. He said, I'm nearly 90. I've decided to check out. She said, does that mean what I think it means? He said, yeah, but don't tell anybody. I'll do it my way. I'll do it nice and quietly. I'm sure everybody will be better for it. Everybody will be a winner. A man, perhaps, who lived his life in flow. So here we were. Four weeks later, in the French Alps, with my brother telling me that he wasn't at all well. He was in hospital in Dublin. So I put the phone down, told Lisa. Lisa told me what I've just told you. And the two of us looked at each other and said, oh, now where the money for the apartment is coming from. Now, I know that sounds terrible. But the fact is that he had decided to check out. We went back to Dublin. And on the day that he was discharged from hospital, having spent four weeks in hospital with pneumonia, they thought he was literally checking out. On the day he was discharged from hospital, he had three consecutive strokes. This guy was determined to check out. And over the course of the next four days, I sat with him. I didn't think he could hear me, but I sat with him and I chatted with him. And at one point late in the afternoon, just a few hours before he died, I said to him, amongst other things, I said, you know, I said, you're my hero. You've always been my hero. Now, he hadn't opened his eyes for four days at this stage. He opened his eyes, looked at me, and characteristically, his last words to me were, well, if that's the case, you're a bloody fool. He died a couple of hours later. And we inherited the exact purchase price of our apartment in Les Contemines-Montchois. Everybody got what they were looking for. Or should I say, everybody got what was best for them at that moment in time. He had decided to, in his own words, check out. He otherwise described it as, I've decided to go home. He got what he wanted. He was very determined to get what he wanted. We got not so much what we wanted because it was something that we decided to do on what the casual observer might call a whim. It was done on gut instinct and it was done effortlessly and it was done in the twinkling of an eye. What we didn't know was that we were buying something that a couple of years later would become our temporary home after we moved to France whilst we were building the chalet that I mentioned last week or the week before, as I went through this particular story. The moral of the story, as always, 
is that we need to allow ourselves be guided by gut instinct. Now, many people, probably most of my program owners at one point or another, and all of my clients with whom I've had long and detailed conversations one-to-one, -one, all of those people at some point along the way have asked me, is it my gut instinct or is it some greater gut instinct? And the answer is it's both. If we go back to the Big Bang, you and I were part of something very special. We still are connectedly part of something very special. We are an integral part of the universe and the universe wouldn't exist without us. We are all joined at the hip, so to speak. We're actually joined in non-local communication, in other words, simultaneous communication, at an energetic level. We're all joined anyway. It's only those who take care to manage their own state of mind that tune in sufficiently enough to realize that we are all joined at the hip. It is only people who take those necessary everyday regular steps to tune themselves in that realize that in being joined at the hip, we live in a synchronous universe where the synchronicity of my own energy in flow tunes in to the synchronous flow of energy in the universe so that I don't just spot opportunities, I recognize opportunities for what they are. In other words, if they are an opportunity for me, it is a synchronicity. And as a result of my being tuned in and connected, I am also a co-creator of those opportunities and synchronicities. We're all joined at the hip, whether we know it or not. Most people don't know it and they're missing the show. They're missing the show completely. All you and I have to do is tune in to allow ourselves be present and through our presence, allow that presence and the rising tide of that presence raise all boats, ours, those we love, the lives of those who we touch. And very often the lives of people who were not even aware that we are touching as a result of something we might say, something we might do, as a result of doing the right thing. The exceptional success that I mentioned right at the beginning of this week's episode, where I said that you're doing what you love and you're getting well paid for it. Actually, doing what you love means that you are, and you know it in your heart and soul, or should I say you know it in your gut, you're doing the right thing. And the right thing that has effortlessly the right impact on your life and the life of all. So even though you and I today won't change the world, we are subtly changing the world at large as we subtly tune more deeply in to changing our own little world. And that is so important in a world that to the casual observer appears to have gone absolutely beyond normal crazy. Thanks for listening. 
we'll talk again next week. I've no idea what we'll talk about next week because that is another now. Turn up to this one. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.